This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show, and I apologize if you had your Steve Sipple withdrawals here. Um, usually we're about 36 hours earlier with our show, uh, but we held off for good reason. Mm. Um, that good reason was the head football coach in Nebraska talked for about 40 minutes Jeez. on Wednesday, and we thought it would be a disservice to our lawyer loyal listeners if we held back and did the show before Matt Rule. God, I it mean... It would have been. Yeah, it would have been. I'm sorry to interrupt, Rob. Um yes. That was a, I mean, there was a lot there. I mean, it's incredible when he takes the podium, you get like three columns out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you turn to me like three times, you go, that's my column. Then then you're like, like, wait a minute, that's my column. (laughs) Well, there's always Sunday. And and then you perked up, they're like, Lynn Thomas will be speaking on Monday at 11, and and. You're like, that's good. I'm like, yeah. yeah, so says the guy that writes a Tuesday <laughs> column. I mean, it's like Perfect. they tee up the schedule to yeah, make sure you have a good Tuesday simple. column. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. But yeah, we it's had. It's just one day closer to spring ball, is what it gets. Now, in all respect to the basketball team, which is about ready to go on a heater here, I think. But, um, Rob, just, come on. But we're going to spend the next three <laughs> segments talking signing day and what we learned from Matt Rule. Uh, Abby Barmore will join us for the mailbag. And then we also have basketball to talk with Robin Washett. But let's get into signing day first and foremost because it is not the signing day we grew up with. The, the, I mean, within the last five years, it's obviously changed a lot, mm-hmm. really since 2018 um, when they introduced the early signing day in college football. But it's changed even more so where you know, you're spending your January as a coach, junior recruiting meeting with juniors. But with that said, Nebraska still was able to find one true signee, a really good one, in Keona Wilhite out of Tucson, Arizona, um, who was previously a commit. uh, And think about this. He was a commit to Washington, lost their head coach. He was at one time a commit to Arizona. They have lost their head coach. He flirted and kicked the tires and nearly committed to UCLA, whose head coach is still interviewing for jobs. Um, So. Keona Wilhite, you know, you can say, oh, this kid's been committed multiple times. Well, he's had good reason. Mm-hmm. And I think the stability at Nebraska right now was a big factor in why they were able to get Keona Wilhite over UCLA, over Michigan State, and the previous programs he was involved with. Go ahead, Rob. It's another example of why you never stop recruiting. Even oh, if yeah. there's a commitment, a verbal commitment, or even a signee, like in today's era, like there's always another opportunity. Yeah. And because it could happen with a guy's coaches or circumstances might change or whatever it may be, more often than not, there's going to be a second time around or maybe a third time around. And so the, the good on Nebraska for not closing the book on this and completely dismissing Will Hyde as a potential option because uh, when he became available, that seemed like that, that happened pretty quickly. Yeah, that mindset that you laid out there, Rob, is, has never been more important. Mm-hmm. You don't close the door on relationships Ever. anymore. Jor- Jordan Ball. Jordine Ball. Jordan. Jordan. Jordy. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's it, it, Jordan. I mean, we had a, we had a big Riola Rayola right. debate this week. In, right. But in, you see what I'm saying? I mean, Ball. I mean, Ravel kept that relationship alive, and and here she is. So, yeah, it's critical. And hey, you get an edge rusher. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of great edge rushers around mm-hmm. here lately. I'm, I'm not saying Will Heights 
going to be no matter what, but he certainly has some promise. Edge rushers are incredibly important. Right. And, you know, you think about last year, Maverick Noonan got hurt, so he's coming back this spring. So, like, they don't have a lot of young – I mean, Prince Walt Umanielan out for the spring right. um, with shoulder surgery. So, um, you know, they, they need some more younger guys for the future of this program because the older players are, are going to be gone here soon. Right. So that's – look at him. There you go. And that's uh, our, our former intern, Matt Reynoldson, um, the sports director of the NBC affiliate in Tucson with some of that footage there for us. And by the way, our for, other former intern this week, Blake Arney, named the new voice of Sporting KC on the radio in Kansas Big City. Time. That's a great Big job time. for him. That's his dream job. He's a huge soccer fan, huge Sporting KC fan. Congrats, so, Blake. Interns are making our, our life here. Appreciate all the contributions. Abby Barmore, former Oscar Carolina intern. That's right, by the, the way. pipeline. <laughs> but uh, you, you talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. Another one was Kamir Prescott. Okay. They brought Kamir Prescott. He was sitting in Robin's chair in this office in April yep. for a recruit spotlight interview. Yep. And he committed to Wisconsin a few days later, which we found out after the fact he was a silent commit to the Badgers. Well, something fell through. He decommitted from Wisconsin in December. Never signed. Was available. Nebraska comes in, and they're going to bring Kamir Prescott in as a as a walk on. Right. And you know, with NIL, there's a lot of ways you can be creative. But they took about ten defensive backs this year in recruiting. They Kamir, took ten, and Kamir Prescott is every bit as good as any of them, other yeah. than maybe Mario Buford. Yeah, ten mm. is a big number in that class of twenty. Well, now what? I don't know. What, are we calling it twenty seven, twenty eight? It was 20 – we'll call it 27 with Will Height. Prescott, I don't even look at him as a walk-on. I, I hate doing that. He's just a player. He's a very good player. We liked him when he was here. Yeah, and somebody I spoke to, like, don't don't call him a walk-on. He's, he is, but he really is not, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And, I mean, you look Somebody at, you spoke to within the program. And you look at the numbers right now, we list 27 people as okay. commits, mm-hmm. but there's really like four – as you, as Sam, our, our colleague Sam McEwen calls them premium walk-ons. Okay, Alexander Rugolari, Camden Cook, Evan Taylor, and now uh, Kamir Prescott. Those four guys are three-star walk-ons. Okay, yeah, and there's a reason that Matt Rule today said that when he looks at that walk-on class, I'm sure these are the guys that are at the top of, of what he's thinking. But he said there's probably about three starters, future starters, in this latest walk-on group. So the the term walk-on isn't what it used to be. I mean, it's not just the, the overlooked Johnny Tryhard that's going to work his way up three years down the road and start. Like, you're getting scholarship-level mm-hmm. rated players to come in as walk-ons in the new NIL. NIL, baby. Because of NIL, yeah. Well, that's whatever. I mean, I credit Nebraska for adapting to that world. Mm-hmm. They've adapted well, very I mean, well. Co- collective. You can't do it without a good collective. Right. A good, very I mean, strong collective. We're going to call... 1890, easily a top 25 collective nationally. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt. Right. I mean, you know, and then, then you're splitting hairs on when you start to get higher and higher. But NIL is more about roster value than it is about true, like, NIL. Like, Caitlin Clark, that's NIL. Like, real, like, what we're seeing with 1890 and collective, that's roster value NIL. Right. And 90% of the dollars are roster value dollars. Right. It's not tr- It's not the NIL as intended. Name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Right. Players getting paid because, because of their name, image, and likeness by whoever, Wendy's. I mean, Sarger even the small-time pizza money deals, we don't see as much of those anymore. I mean, they happen. 
they happen l- a little bit, but at the beginning you saw more of that stuff. Like, hey, make a tweet for a fifty dollar gift card. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see those. I mean, that because that's that, that's not what this is anymore. Right. Nope. Um, so lots of, and Matt Rule did have a good point too. Um, and we get this a lot on our site. The numbers. Everyone freaks out about the scholarship numbers. And I did get a kick out of Matt Rule saying people will stop me on the street. Stop him on the street. And and just great concern about the scholarship numbers. And, you know, we we get that question all the time. You know, mm-hmm. People always want to know, how are they going to get to 85? And, right. and, you know, I don't know why there's such a fascination with it. Because mm-hmm. I, I think everyone wants to always know who are the people they're yeah, going to who, throw off the boat. Who's getting chopped is what they, they want to know. They, yeah. they want to see who's going to get thrown out. And. You know, with NIL and other ways around it, I mean, there's ways to make this work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. It's not all of that, but in some some of the matriculation of players isn't all that interesting. I mean, there's just some that it becomes medical situations or some just kind of quiet. Like Kane Williams. Right. I don't think any, Great example. Sean. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, my God, Kane Williams. <laughs> no. Like, I mean. <laughs> No, they're not. Um, Ethan Piper. No, that's a tremendous example. Ethan Piper. You know, good like example. Injury situation. Yeah, good example. So, yeah. you know, another one I'll throw out. I'm trying to think that happened um, of the guys like Randolph Kapai. Right. Good example. Never played. Right. And he's gone. I There'll mean, be a few more of those probably. Those situations have happened at college football programs for 50 years. Yeah, there's just some 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 very natural matriculation. It's the Ernest Hausman type transfer. That's the freak That's show. That's what you... Try to avoid, yeah. and you know you, you want to, you know Casey Rogers. Yeah, that that's a, that's one where you're like, what you know where you're like, why is he leaving? You know, right. you don't really understand. Hit you out of nowhere, um, out of nowhere. Yeah, and that was like at the very beginning stages of NIL. So um, lots to talk about. When we come back, we're going to continue the discussion from Matt Rule. We learned more about the offensive staff, including more about the play calling situation and how that will look in 2024. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett here as uh, we bring you home from National Signing Day. But before we get to that, um, got a sponsor here, uh, the segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Omaha Steaks. They're back here on our show. Uh, they had just wild success with the Husker Online show over the holidays, and now they're back for a President's uh, Day week sale. Um, take advantage of it right now. Get over 50% off site-wide. Go to omahasteaks.com slash Husker, and you'll get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers on select packages. That's 50% off all your tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons, their mouth-watering, pure ground burgers, comfort classics, and easy-to-prepare meals that are perfect for those busy weekday nights with Omaha Steaks. The possibilities are endless, endless flavor, and endless value. 
all at 50% off during this President's Day sale. Remember, the only way to get this amazing deal is to head over to omahasteaks.com slash Husker and shop the President's Day sale. Load up on all of the delicious flavor you crave at half the price. And don't forget to look for those eight free burgers on select packages. But you're going to want to hurry because this deal ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com slash Husker to shop the President's Day sale today. Okay, let's get into um, what we learned from Marcus Satterfield uh, about Marcus Satterfield from Matt, from Matt Rule. The long and short of it is, and I think we nailed this simple from the beginning, Marcus Satterfield is still the offensive coordinator. Marcus Satterfield is still the play caller. Mm-hmm. And this is the vision Matt Rule always had. I think initially, though, the vision was not to have Satterfield coach quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They were looking at some other people last year. It didn't work out for whatever reason. Now they have Glenn Thomas here from the Steelers. He'll coach quarterbacks. Marcus Satterfield will still run this offense. Right. And I there was some – I mean, wouldn't you guys agree that there was some question when they hired Glenn Thomas that mm-hmm. maybe Thomas – would, would take over yeah, play calling the co-coordinator title on him like, right so you immediately jump to that conclusion like oh here we go he's taking the keys from Satterfield right and then what happened today shut it down yeah rule to shut it down Emphatically. he said yes he said I told you guys from the beginning that sat was going to be the OC sat is the o- offensive coordinator Glenn he said Glenn Thomas is coming in as the co-offensive coordinator to work with him, Sat, he said, is going to call the plays. Thomas will be intimately involved in play design. but he, And he said it He said it about three different times in three different ways. Sat is in charge of the offense. Mm-hmm. Satterfield is in charge of the offense. Satterfield will stand in front of the room. You know, now, he won't coach the quarterbacks, obviously. He'll coach the tight ends, Satterfield. That's the big change. So now they have a dead And last year's tight ends coach, Josh Martin, still around. Analyst. So he, Josh Martin goes back to being an analyst. This is what, and Sean alluded to this, this is the setup that Rule wanted from the outset. Some things fell through, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at just the makeup of this in – you know, Matt Rule is not a guy that's going to shake things up. And I think it's unfair to be critis- critis- critical of Satterfield in some respects because of the injuries. Yeah, I, now, Sean, I, just a mild disagreement when you say Rule's not a guy who's going to shake things up. I don't agree with that. He, well, he, shake he, things he does up shake things up. Off his initial plan. Right. It's not like he just hired Satterfield off the streets as a brand-new person. Oh, no. Like, this right. has been his guy since Western Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they go way back. But, and, but I – uh, my read on Rule from his past and, from, hey, Sean, from what we've seen in Nebraska, even with lower level support staff, roles. support staff roles, if something is not to his liking, he will make a change. He's very decisive. I liked it today how clear he was. Mm-hmm. You guys, we've covered coaches here that weren't like that. Like It will be a collaborative group effort. You know what I mean? No, but just the way they address these situations. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's been frustrating at times with certain coaches. They just wouldn't be real forthcoming. Rule is a very decisive and very forthcoming. It, and it's very refreshing. So with the way that I – the picture that I understood Rule kind of painted was when you go down to the, the offensive staff, like as far as the play design, the scheme, and all that sort of thing – Donovan Raiola is still heavily involved as the kind of a run game coordinator. That's right. Glenn Thomas is going to be kind of like a pass game coordinator. Right. 
Marcus Satterfield is going to be in charge of the offense as the OC calling the plays. Yep. Matt Rule is going to be the guy that, you know, chimes in when he feels it's necessary, but kind of oversee yep. the entire picture. So that's kind of the hierarchy you got that, it. that he kind of laid out specifically yeah. in, during his press conference. The only thing I'd add is he also mentioned in terms of like play design, Garrett McGuire mm. is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, you got it. I like that look, by the way, that you just laid out. It, all of that made a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. You just think about last year's offense, though. Has there ever been a unit decimated like last year? Where No, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, Jeff Sims, they misfired on that one. Mm-hmm. But he also got hurt with an ankle injury. He did. And Harburg got hurt. And Chubba Purdy got hurt. Okay, Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson got hurt. And then receivers, the receivers, Isaiah Garcia, Castaneda, Marcus Washington. Um, and I'm missing one in there. Billy uh, Kemp Billy got Kemp, hurt for a while. Yeah. Kemp was out for a little bit. Thomas Fedoni coming off injury. Ethan Piper got hurt. Oh, Turner Corcoran got hurt. Injuries, yeah. I mean, you think about the number of things they dealt with. And I, that's why I have a really hard time saying point the finger at Satterfield. Oh, I'm 100% in agreement with that. And I didn't think his play calling was bad. Now, you guys watch the games with me. And everybody can kind of nitpick on certain play yeah, calls. Certainly, there plays are some game. Like, man- are I'd doing? say there's some game. Always though, game yeah. management things that you can be critical of. Yeah, and that might be more rule actually. But um, I never, I didn't watch the games and consistently think, "Oh my God, Satterfield can't call plays." Of course, there's instances where you question him, but I thought by and large he's a good, he was a. I thought he was fine as a play caller. It's the quarterback issues that yeah, were for, killers. For every play that you question them calling, there are several others that if the players actually would have executed, they would have been touchdowns. Right. So right. it's like you can't just focus on the negative. you got to give props to the players. You know, the scheme was there. The play call was there. It just wasn't executed. Right. Now, the issue was 25. 31 turnovers led the country for Nebraska. 31 turnovers led the country. 25 came from the quarterbacks. That's why I think there's an extreme number there and that's what led to the change. We better hire a quarterbacks coach, Glenn Tom. And I, I mean, I do think there were some positives, like how they were able to get Jalen Lloyd going, Malachi Absolutely. Coleman. Like Jalen Lloyd had as many fifty-plus yard plays as Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> well, which led go. the conference. Yeah, he can fly. So, like, I give them credit for some of those things because they they were playing with a gun that didn't have a lot of bullets in it. Right, and you know you have to play when you, you have to play three quarterbacks. Anytime you have to play three, that's not what you want. And you have to. Ru- I mean, they were running like a traditional option. <laughs> they were like, I mean, they were running Tom Osborne's plays. Well, they, yeah, with help from Ron Brown, with help from Tom Osborne himself. Satterfield's not an option. Mm-hmm. He doesn't teach the option. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rule's not an option coach. They had to. They it was just kind of survive in advance. Yeah, and and, and it, gosh. You just look at it, and I, I, I hate to remind people, but, man, four games to win one to get to a bowl. Four to win one. Mm. And I said, I said probably on this show, there is no way they won't do that. Yeah. We were all in agreement. <laughs> right. like we thought it was a foregone conclusion. Right. Michigan State's the one you really look back on. There's some call. Maryland. Iowa. Maryland. Iowa. Iowa. Yes. I mean, Wisconsin. You could actually argue all four of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a – I mean, the Wisconsin. Wisconsin, game. yeah. I mean, they should. They could have scored a touchdown. They should have gone four and zero. It was OT. They could have scored a touchdown in regulation. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to bring fun that times. Up. But right. anyway, there's the stat. We cut. Co- yeah, that's covering the staff. Um, Satterfield. The last thing I'd mention is he's coaching the tight ends, and and Rule likes that because 
Well, he wants to get the tight ends involved. They got some good ones. Fedoni, Borkercher, and then the big horse coming in, Carter Nelson. The president of the Carter Nelson <laughs> fan club. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like uh, Cam Jurgens had the beef jerky jerseys. Mm-hmm. You're going to come up with some Nelly, C. Nelly or C- something. C- the C. Nelly line or no, something. I'm not going to come up with that one, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Try to think. Well, what's another good Carter Nelson line? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the NIL T-shirt type stuff that kind of went. That's kind of died off. Th- too. Like it had about an eighteen-month run, <laughs> but like I think people figured out real quick there aren't going to be a lot of people going to the store to buy like a backup linebacker T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, the uh, commercials too. They're still around a little bit, but mm. uh, those have certainly died off a little yeah. bit. I don't well, think Tanner's it- was going to do one, and yeah. it was going to be with Jeff Sims, and it fell through. It kind of worked out. I mean. But Tanner's would have would have done one this year again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but those are not. I mean, it's just not what what NIL is really. NIL is roster value. Yeah, that's all it is now. Yeah. With Caitlin Clark's of the world that really are the NIL. Yeah. But all right, when we come back, we're going to turn the page to spring football. We learned about injuries. Ooh, we learned about when spring ball starts and the mat drills begin this week. That's next. You're listening here to the Oscar Line Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we get into some spring football early discussion, this segment of the Husker Online Show, Stephen M. Sipple, is brought to you by who? Larson Motors in Nebraska City, beautiful Nebraska City. I had a chance to go that way. Well, when we were we went down there to Kansas City Airport recently, Sean, it's it's good to get down that way. It's an easy drive, really easy drive. It seems like it's getting easier. So if you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one big lot. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors. In Nebraska City, Larson Motors, you know what they say, guys, real people, real deals. All right, well, let's get into some spring football discussion. Robin, start it off here because we did learn a lot about injuries. Mm -hmm. You've got the breakdown uh, who is out and kind of give us the update on the injuries. Yeah, several players uh, are going to be out for spring ball, including a handful of very notable names. Uh, two running backs, Ramir Johnson with his hip injury and Gabe Irvin Jr. with his shoulder injury. Uh, they will be held out of spring ball. Uh, wide receiver Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is still coming back off the ACL injury he suffered last year. And Turner Corcoran might be the biggest one of all in the sense that he's the one that uh, rule designated as a potential long-term deal to where he's not only going to miss spring, but he's probably going to miss some fall camp, and there's a chance that he could miss some time on into the start of the season. He's never redshirted. Yeah, so that that kind of changes up your discussion about the offensive line because sure he was a pretty prominent player in those projections. 
Might have to reevaluate that a little bit. But I guess the good news is on those other three, Johnson, Irvin, and Garcia Castaneda, uh, they're all expected to be ready for the start of fall camp. Um, and then some guys that are going to be limited uh, include Princewell, Uman Mielin, and Malachi Coleman, who are both dealing with shoulder injuries. But a positive note is Maverick Noonan, who his college career got sidelined before he even started early in fall camp last year with a knee injury. He is heading in the right direction and has a shot to participate in spring practices this year. So some negatives, some positives, but uh, an update of where the injury front stands. So hello, Teddy Prohaska. Hello, Dante Daldo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so start with Teddy. That's the big one to me. Yeah, Teddy Teddy at left tackle, though, will be critical. Now, remember, Turner and Corcoran started at left tackle for seven games last year. I think it was the first seven. It started the previous couple years before that. Right. So he has a lot of experience. Teddy has ten starts, though. Um, So Teddy's dealt with some injury issues. I think that – I mean, at one point, Teddy was designated the left tackle of the future. So the future's now for Teddy. It's time. Well, and how about Micah Mazuka today, Matt Rule? I mean, that wasn't a real resounding (laughs) – Candidate endorsement for the upcoming election. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, I was kind of like, God, tell right. me how you really feel, Coach Rule. Right. So, I mean, it was glowing praise for Jamal Banks, the way he's adapted to Nebraska and, you know, their offseason program and the scoring system they have and such. And, and then, yeah, on the other end of the spectrum, he, he basically said, Mazuka's got to adapt to the way we do things here. So, yeah. But he, I, you know, he'll come around. I mean, I'm sure he'll happens. come around. But yeah, that it was happens. kind of a. I mean, Matt Rule, and we've seen this with him. He, he's smart. He uses this podium to make statements to his locker room. He is very. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, we've talked about this, guys. You know, when we discuss players nowadays, it's a little different because they're getting paid. And with Mazuka, you're talking about a 22-year-old kid, a 23-year-old, 22-year-old. With like three year, almost three years of starting experience. Yeah, he, he could be an NFL rookie very easily. And people are, are very, you know, people criticize NFL players. It's no problem. So the, cha- the way college football has changed is kind of changed the way I look at how you criticize them. It's it's easier to criticize even a freshman like Dylan Rayola when he's making over a million dollars. He's making more than Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's so it's easier to kind of say huh, maybe criticize him a little yeah, bit. Guess more. what? He's a young man. He can handle it. Like he's twenty two years old. Exactly. That's I mean, yeah. <laughs> the only thing you can't do is rent a car at this point. So like you're you're open to that sort of criticism, especially now that you are you're getting paid for your services. Right. Like you. Handsomely. You were no longer protected under the just hard-working student-athlete shield right. that has always been there. That's that's no longer there. There you go. That, you said that very well. Thank you, Rob. Well, even like a prospect's commitment, to me, it's not as sacred anymore, and there's an NIL element to it. Like, if you know, like, he's got a deal and he's going there, I mean, it's almost like a professional thing now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, isn't that interesting? I mean, you don't really, like, oh, honor the sacred, honorable... I mean, in a lot of cases, but there, there's a big NIL element to everything now. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the, uh, now, as far now, so you guys were more interested in the running, running back, back situation. Well, because Emma Johnson will, will open camp for sure, number one. Yes. Thank Quinn you. Ives is going to get great opportunity, but Dante, don't call me Cowbell Dowdell, will come in there. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. I just, I, I'm just on a. Uh, <laughs> I need more Dowdell. I kind of liked it in a way, but yeah. Don't call me Cowbell Dowdell. He's when got I, a fever. We need more Dowdell. Yeah, we need more. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was that actor that did that? 
Will Ferrell. No, Saturday, Will, Will Ferrell. And, uh, uh, no, it wasn't just Will Ferrell. Rob, pull it. Come on. Jeez. Yeah, right, he was from, he was have, from the Deer Hunter. Yes, take. from the Deer Hunter. Walken. Christopher, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Walken. Good job. No, so I like what Sean said, and I'm glad you said it. Emmett Johnson starts number one. For sure. Yeah, he earned it. He 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 played well last but year. Dowdell is going to get good reps. Oh my God, Dowdell's got to be like. You wonder, in fact, if Dowdell knew coming in that they weren't going to have in the spring Irvin and Johnson, mm-hmm. and if if now I don't know if I don't know if he was thinking this, but if it was me, I'd think, wait a second, did you say Irvin and Johnson aren't playing this spring? And if he did hear that, you would think his reaction would be, okay, I'm going to get a lot of reps. Here we go. Here we go. You're going to now. That would be beautiful if we saw practice because I'd love to see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's 215, 218, 218, yeah, six two. Yeah, and, and Rule mentioned his size and physicality is one of the biggest reasons yeah. why he didn't say they necessarily needed to go take a running back, but to add a player with his attributes, especially mm-hmm. that size and strength, they wanted more of a power element in mm-hmm. that backfield. Which I don't know what that means for Gabe Irvin because that was kind of his. Mo. We need. To we an can extent. have more than one. But that, I think they want another hammer, and I think that's what Dowdell, so, if nothing else, is going to provide that. One more thing I want to get in here, quarterbacks, because I did take note. Matt Rule very mm. careful not to prop up Dylan Riola. You know, like not to kind of like you know like just ordain him in the opening. harbor. Like in yeah. fact, when they would mention three, he had harbor. I mean, he mentioned Riola third, but you, you can sense that Matt Rule understands kind of what's going on right now. And look. Ryle is extremely talented. He's the favorite to win this job. But Matt Rule obviously knows that he's going to have to earn it and win the job here now over the next few months. Well, he said they're going to be looking at those guys, those quarterbacks during the winter. The other players watch the way they work. And that's where, you know, that's where you earn your stripes, so to speak. I will tell you this. Don't worry about Dylan Rayola that way. Dylan Rayola is coming to win the job. Dylan Rayola is coming to lead the team. I mean, it's not – I'll tell you one thing I'm not worried about is whether Dylan Rayola puts forth a strong effort in the winter. I guarantee he's doing it every day. Yeah, and Rule also left the door open on adding a potential quarterback. He said they're content oh, yeah, right. with going with three. He said they usually always just have three, but if the right player, the right situation presents itself, um, that door is not closed. So we'll see if it – happens mm-hmm. but they have not completely uh, eliminated the possibility of adding another uh, player to that room but from. for spring they're going to get great reps oh yeah and, I mean, and real said that's a huge thing for them i mean look young how young guys. they are young guys like harberg's your oldest guy and he's still scratching the surface in his he's development 20. yeah so you got three young qbs that are going to get a ton of reps and don't undersell harberg making Good a point. massive jump like i think he will make a big jump because a year ago at this time he wasn't even a thought it was casey thompson it was it was jeff sims it was Cheva Purdy. Then it was Heinrich Harburg. Heinrich needs to make a big jump as a passer. Right. As a passer and a decision maker. That's where he's got well, to Well, now really he's make got real film. Yeah. Like, he didn't have film before. Mm-hmm. He had Carney Catholic film where he was bigger than every player on the field and he was playing quarterback. Yeah. Now he's got Big Ten film to look at, study, and build off of. Yeah. That should help. That should help. Just And just overall comfort at the position. But this spring, God, the spring is big. I mean, it's just so big for so many guys. There has to be development. And March twenty fourth, by the way. Okay, that's when it starts on a Sunday. Hmm. Really? And here's why: because they open the week of Easter, so they'll practice Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Then the players get Good Friday off, and then the Easter weekend off. Okay. So, 
Uh, Matt Rule has always done that with his team on, on spring ball. They don't practice on Good Friday or the East, obviously the Easter weekend. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Twenty fourth. They'll open up on Sunday, the twenty fourth. So. So we'll probably have a press conference like on Friday. Eh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know when. I'll I'll push for that. We'll get that. So you done. can get a Sunday column out of Actually, it. Actually. Hear yes. that, Keith man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When we, when we, you're gonna get a text from Keith now. So yeah, when soon. we when we come back, uh, Abby Barmore will join the program. We'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washington. Time for what I'm told is the most popular part of our show because Abby Barmore might be the most popular person a part of the Husker Online Show each week. She's gaining a fan club. I hear all about Abby everywhere I go now. Wow. Abby, welcome back to the show. Where are you starting us off in the mailbag? Okay, first one. Out of the two players who signed today, who do you think is more likely to make an impact early or do they have an even shot? Well, only one really signed, mm. but like several walk-ons signed. But I, I think you have to start with Keona Wilhite um, because of the position he's at. Well, I mean, he has a good look. And, yeah, I mean, if he's if he's what he's cracked up to be. Now, I think we have him at on three, the number 55 edge rusher. But he went to Washington and was highly acclaimed. They had high hopes for him. Uh, he looks – he looks the part. I will say that. I need, and honestly, guys, I need to watch a little more film on him. But I would, it's exciting to get a guy that looks like that. It is. I mean, it, that's an exciting mm-hmm. position in football. And with Prescott, I mean, it's just the volume of the defensive back class obviously hurts his chances, comparatively speaking. But I mean, earlier this show, you said he was almost as good as anybody in the class, Sean. So I mean, like, Sean this feels is, that way. This is a guy that you know, special teams or within the four games, like he he could potentially be a factor. Depending on if he is what uh, you know his his billing might be, and he's a tough Philly kid. Mm-hmm. Tough Philly kid. That's like, exactly right. When he was up here, oh, I mean, God. he was tough. Yeah, he makes an, he makes a really strong impression. He's got the size and everything. I wouldn't worry about the ten. You know, being one of ten, Rob. You saw how many guys they play. They, mm-hmm. they they Nebraska plays a lot of players. They shuttle guys in and out of the defensive backfield quite a bit. It narrowed down as the year yeah. went on a little bit, but. Um, and then they talk about positionless stuff. So they'll move guys around. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys won't be on defense. No doubt. They could move a guy or two to offense. Okay, next one. Nebraska has flipped a handful of recruits over the past year. Is this a trend that you see continuing for them? And what are some of the keys in being able to do that? I think it's relationships and circumstances. I mean, I, I think all these circumstances are so different now with NIL, with coaching changes, um, and just – everything out there. And I do think being in the big 10 and the sec right now is going to be a major advantage because of the revenue that you're going to have access to. And as we possibly move to an in-house NIL model over time, if the sec and the big 10 kind of organize those leagues are going to have an advantage and Nebraska will be able to probably, you know, a lot of big 10 teams will be able to peck more players from other schools. Nebraska's positioned pretty well in this new world. It's a very unsettling world. There's a lot of, tumult but nebraska because it's moneyed i mean nebraska has money Mm -hmm. they have a collective that's thrive it's a strong i would call it a thriving some of the top facilities in the country they still sell out the stadium there's 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 a lot of interest there's still a big draw you know what guys the last thing now is they got to start winning yeah that's gonna be my point yeah but if they start winning then i mean man 
I mean, they, they, they won't have trouble getting players here yeah. and they, keeping them. They have everything except the on-field product right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And you would hope that as soon as that catches up, there's really nothing stopping them from recruiting at an elite level. No, they've done a good job of setting themselves up in this world. you got to give Trev credit. Obviously, give Rule credit. Rule is a new age coach. Mm-hmm. He understands the new age athlete. He understands the climate very well. And Nebraska should count itself lucky. Okay. Some have said that Dylan Rayola is scaring away top quarterback recruits. Why is that, and how do top programs keep several good quarterbacks on their roster? You know, it, it is an interesting take because Alex Mansky had been their guy all along. He announced to Iowa State, um, and just on the surface, you know, a Big Ten offer, in my opinion, or SEC offer is a lot better than a Big 12 offer in the new cultural world we're going. But, you know, the situation at Nebraska is, you know, with Dylan Raiola and Daniel Kalen, you know, it's a tough sell. And they don't really have a quarterback that has emerged for the 25 class now. There's four or five new kind of offers out. Brian Munson has done a great job breaking those down, but nobody has kind of pulled ahead of the pack as far as who will be the next guy to visit campus. That's the thing to watch now. Of these quarterbacks they've offered, okay. who can they get on campus maybe in March in March to kind of get the ball rolling? That's what it'll be is March. Well, that's the first time kids can come back. Okay. It's dead for a month right now. Okay. So, yeah, March, that will be – man, that's a big story. They need to – well, and they start spring ball late. So, you know, I'd imagine they will have visitors before spring ball to an extent. Um, but, you know, the spring ball is not till the end of March. Really April. Yeah. It's, I, my answer to that is – I always say the same things, but the quarterback position above all is going to be very volatile in the in this new world. So I wouldn't if I if I don't if I were a kid out there and I looked at Nebraska's depth chart, it ne- wouldn't necessarily scare me away. I mean, mm-hmm. Dylan is Dylan, and, and you, if you're a Nebraska fan, you hope he's here, and you hope he in three years they're really rolling. But you never know, and you never know about injury. I mean, we, we've seen so much injury at that position. But just the natural volatility of it, it changes the way I look at that conversation, the question that Abby raised. Yeah, I agree. Okay, what stadium – oh, I'm going to spoil this one. Annette? Amenities. Amenities. Wow, amenities. I don't think I've ever said that wrong until right now. Wow. Amenities, <laughs> are I don't believe you, you. – <laughs> My dad can't say synonym. I'm a good speaker. That, that gets synonym. him every time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least I could say Jordan. Oh. Um, Hello. Okay. No. What yeah, stadium? An- nope, I can't say it again. You know the word. Amenities. 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 Are you most looking forward to in the new renovation? And are there some things that you would implement if you had the keys to the plan? Mm. Well, the alcohol sale element, and somebody shared this on the Husker Online Red Sea Scrolls, Nebraska, now moving forward, will be the only Power 5 stadium in 2024 that doesn't have alcohol sales. Really? And it's not just... Or was it just the Big Ten? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that I post. don't know that. I don't... No, there's there, there's an article of, like, of some... Like Michigan I and Penn know. State... I mean, I believe it. Yeah, I'm not... I, I, Everywhere we've gone, they've sold beer. Okay. But it's not just like a like a moral objection to it. It's like infrastructure. It's, yeah, they, don't ha- they literally cannot sell it. They don't have room for taps. They don't have freezer refrigerator storage to have cans. Like, and the, the mess that the cans bring. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like right now, just logistically impossible to do right now. So once they get that figured out, I think that's the inevitable turning of the page to introduce alcohol sales the Garth, in the real stadium. The Garth Brooks concert, 
I think, opened a lot of eyes in the sense of the mess that it left. Like, I mean, there were 25 ounce beer cans laying around till like Wednesday. Is that right? Yes, because it it's a lot of labor. I mean, think how much manual labor. If the number is correct that I heard, they sold like 125,000 of the tall boy cans. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of aluminum. It is. But don't people just throw them in trash cans? That's a lot of trash cans. (laughs) Do you understand how many dump trucks... 125,000 tall boy cans. I, I don't fully understand, but you're helping. Um, Rob, what amenity, sorry, Sean, what amenity are you looking for? <laughs> you that into Abby, trying to say amenity? I like the idea of kind of like the whole stadium, like outside of the stadium deal, where they're going to like do a hotel and like maybe some sort of hotel. sports bar, like something that's like going to just totally change. Like a Wrigleyville. That stadium, the that outside stadium. That has not been announced. Well, I know. I mean, but there's been that's talk what you'd want, about it. Like, so there's, the question is, what would I like to see? Yeah. I would like to see that. I'd like to see more of a interesting near the stadium entertainment yeah. thing because that, that's becoming a new trend around some of the newer stadiums out there. As long know. as we keep our parking here at the post office. Yeah, that's right. Don't touch our building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, give, give me like a... a, a cool hotel and a sports bar like across the street from the stadium or a couple sports bars maybe competing sports bars I, one makes me a little nervous but two I, I like competing sports bars i mean it's tough though for these event places to come to, to make it i mean we just saw one of the biggest bars in the haymarket or the um, in this area close down across the street Which one's that rosie's oh it did I mean, that's right to, to like have a business that you know is right there make it year round i mean it's it's not easy amenities um well i don't think about it because we don't we go to the game and we just cover it and i we don't enjoy the amenities if you get your post-game margarita that's a victory yeah um so i yeah i don't know how More to answer TVs in the press box that are easier to see from the front row how about that that's a great one that's a great one ones that are right in front of you yeah. there are Give certain us our own box. monitors yeah that Keith. would Oh, <laughs> Robin, you're going to get your head bit off. <laughs> yeah, you are. Just kidding. He's going to drop it. You're going to get a right hook from Seamus. <laughs> you ever yeah, hear that's, Keith that's drop those? Oh, you're going to get a... Uh. <laughs> Keith, is, Keith is not happy, and I'm not any part of this, Keith man. <laughs> what else you got? Okay, are we ready for our last one or one more? Um, oh. Yeah, final question. Okay, so this is a two-parter. Oh, Who do God. you think is going to win the Super Bowl? And what is your favorite Super Bowl food or snack? Mm. Well, I am a Chiefs fan lifelong. I'm not like a new Chiefs fan. Like, I've been a Chiefs fan since I was really young. Casting aspersions to people. <laughs> um, go ahead. Um, so I obviously am cheering for the Chiefs. But, you know, the Niners are like I – lo- I like the Niners too. My, in fact, our Robin and I's friend Scott is going to the game. Um, He's really? going out to watch the Niners Chiefs. He's moneyed. Because you got to pay ten thousand at well, the least to go to go to that game. That's ten thousand at the least. He's got points. He's a ticket broker. Points he's, guy. He's fine. Oh, he's a points He'll, guy. I've I've sat in the best seats at NFL games in my life with him. Like he knows how to get. So seats. who's winning? Charles? You're picking Chiefs. 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 And then why? My, why? Mahomes. Okay. Mahomes over Purdy. Huge advantage. Yeah. Okay. I, I will be passionately rooting for the 49ers, but I'm picking the Chiefs to win. Kel- Kelsey over Kittle to me is a big advantage. Yeah. Um, I think Kittle's good, but Kelsey's better. I'll take the Niners. I'll take the Niners because they're they're so determined to run the ball, and they do it in very 
Yeah. How about creative ways? Don't do what the Ravens did and actually give the ball to your running back. How about yeah. that? Yeah, they got a good one. Niners have pretty Seems good. Seems like one. a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll take the Niners, Sean. I, it's hard to bet against Mahomes, though. I, I mean, know. Mahomes is such a gunslinger. I mean, it's just hard to bet, and it's really hard to bet against Kelsey right now. Kelsey, in the last what four or five games, has has been incredible. Just back to his old self. Well, if you're a script uh, conspiracy theorist, the script calls for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift kissing under the confetti after a Super Bowl win. So uh, if that happens, don't be surprised. Well, you need to stay off TikTok. <laughs> They're saying that this will be the most viewed Super Bowl by far. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because like, of Taylor Swift? Now, yes. Pat McAfee, normally what's the Super Bowl get? Like over $100 million. Like this one's this one – and Roger Goodell told them that it could push 200 million, like because wow, wow. of the worldwide viewing audience wow. that Taylor Swift and that angle has. I mean, she's like it or not, like showing her on camera for 35 seconds of a broadcast <laughs> does attract some eyeballs. It's she has good. grown the sport to all kinds of new people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Goodell has to love it, and and, and plus. It's not like it's affected Kelsey's game negatively. I mean, he's played really well. If it was if it was the side show and Kelsey's dropped off and the Chiefs have dropped off, it'd be bad. It's so good because the Chiefs are they're just the Chiefs and they're playing really and well. And she's classy. Like it's not like she's like out of hand and doesn't like do dumb. She doesn't draw like bad attention to herself. It's a hot button topic in this country, which it's interesting. Because of the anyway. Chiefs. I mean, people don't like that the Chiefs keep winning. I mean, that's that's what it is. I think it's more than that. But I anyway. Powder <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I hey Sean, it's hard to bet against your team. It is. They're I, they're impressive. Wings, by the way, for my food. Wings. Okay. Oh it. yeah, I didn't even answer. Yeah. That. Uh, oh no, I got one. Go ahead though. Uh, Rob? Yeah, wings are up there. The little barbecue meatballs are always a Ooh, go-to yeah. as well. I just want some Führer's cheese spread, on, and I can put it on Excuse about Führer's cheese Fears. spread. Yeah, Führer's. It's a nice amenity. Okay. It's, <laughs> you, put it on, you can put it on celery. You can put it on club crackers, okay. Ritz. Okay. It's, try it, Führer's cheese spread. I just had some today. It's really good. How about you no for good. amenities, Abby? Really I'm just random. gonna keep saying amenities a million times. Do you have a synonym for that? Uh, yeah, seriously, that's what I need. What do you? What do you? What do you? Um, the food. I gotta go wings because I always go wings. But I also love like cheese dip, mm. guacamole, so good. Ooh, so, I'm allergic to guac. And also, hello. You're. What are you allergic to? That's in guac. Avocado. I don't know. I I I stove up. I don't know what it is. Mm. Start breathing. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That sucks. Um, I'm so also funny. a Chiefs fan. So All right. you are a Chiefs fan. Yeah, she is. I am can confirm. Very, very excited. And the Chiefs are peaking at the right time. Okay. So okay, it's in the bag. It'll be hard though. It will be hard. Oh yeah, the Niners. Are and their play-by-play guy, like I've been listening to him my whole life. Kevin Mitch Harlan. Harlan. No, Mitch Holtis. Mitch Holtis. But why did I say Mitch Kevin Holtis Harlan? replaced Kevin Harlan? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Mitch Holtis was the K State guy, and okay. Greg, Greg Sharp, I believe, replaced Mitch Holtis. Like it okay. was like a, and Kevin Harlan was the K State guy. I mean, they they all kind of like connect. So Harlan once was the Chiefs guy. And once was the K State guy before that too. Okay. And then Holtis moved up. Then Harlan moved up. But Holtis is one of the best play by play guys in football. Yeah, he is. Harlan was really good too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, fun game. Enjoy the game, Abby, on Sunday. Um, when we come back, we'll talk some hoops with Robin. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Two, one. 
This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the program. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washington. Let's talk some Nebraska basketball. As Husker Hoops um, about to embark, Robin, on a big stretch, and we are taping the show about an hour before the Northwestern game, so um, apologies to our listeners. We're not going to be able to really analyze Northwestern, but moving forward, Robin, I mean, they've got a real opportunity with this stretch to kind of solidify where they want to go. Yeah, I think it's fine to not really go too deep into the Northwestern game just because that's kind of the tail end of what was – the real last daunting four-game stretch going back uh, to the Maryland game, Wisconsin, Illinois, and then Northwestern. After Nebraska got through that, the schedule really opens up, starting with Saturday against Michigan. Uh, if you look at the, the Ken Palm, uh, Ken Pomeroy projections, Nebraska's favored in all but one of their remaining games, and that is the Ohio State game on the road, and they have a 46% chance of winning it. So uh, a pretty good situation to be in to have that kind of slope towards the end of your schedule, and that includes a couple weeks off. I know Fred Hoiberg isn't a big fan of the way that their schedule shaped up. Nebraska right now is the last team in the Big Ten to have an off week. You're allowed a two, like basically six-day breaks between games. Every other team has had one except for Nebraska. So they get theirs after Michigan, between Michigan and and Penn State at home. Um, So – you know, I guess it's hard to keep momentum when you're taking a week off break. But the matchups, um, the fact that the majority of them are at home, I believe four uh, home games down the stretch, including um, at least one Saturday game. So, you know, it's it's a good situation to be in. And you know, we'll see what happens with Northwestern. But that game aside, I think that is I think Nebraska is in a, a great position to hold serve and at least put itself very much in the conversation comes election. Is it is it hyperbole? To say Nebraska is a top ten team at home. Well, they've beaten two top ten teams already at right. home, and they uh, play well. And now they, the, again, now the Creighton game was a letdown, but yeah. they've been so good at home. The thing I wonder about Rob, and you have a you have a good handle on this. These games that they start to matter now. It changes. They're not, and Nebraska's not just like a cute little story anymore. Mm. They don't sneak up on anybody. I wonder how the players will handle the pressure. That's what I wonder. It's not something that they've had to deal with a lot. Yeah, they, ha- they haven't handled success well over the past few games, besides the Illinois game. That was really the they first time it. coming off a huge emotional win that they actually carried it over mm-hmm. for a second straight game. That's kind of defined their season, where you have these big wins and they're immediately followed by these just massive drop-offs that kind of set you back in terms of your momentum. So, um, you know, that's going to be the, I think the biggest part about this back end of the schedule is, you know, you're expected to win. The competition is a lot more favorable than it was at certain stretches of the season. And so the opportunity to kind of string together wins in a row going into the big 10 tournament and on further on in the postseason um, couldn't be, in, couldn't be much more ideal. Robin, the net rankings, everyone's watching that closely right now. And Nebraska looks good in the quad ones and the quad twos. Obviously, they haven't lost any quad threes and quad fours. But there are teams ahead of them that don't even have quad one wins, that Mm -hmm. don't have near the body of work. Mm -hmm. How much do you think the selection committee is going to have to look past some of the overall net ranking stuff and zone in on quad one, quad two, and and, and those type of resume builders? Well, the net is just a reference point. Like, it's a sorting tool for – 
how would who a team beat, where they won, the types of wins that they have, and it really emphasizes scoring margins. So what's killing Nebraska right now are those blowout road losses, 18 points to Iowa, 20 points, 18 points to Maryland. You know, like those those types of losses are really killing them right now. So if you're losing, as you saw against Illinois, they lost that game and they jumped five spots in the net. So it's one of those deals where you only put so much stock into your actual seating in the net. I think if you're just in the general territory of being somewhere around that top 50 range and you have the resume and the eyeball test working in your favor, which Nebraska does, then I think that you don't necessarily live and die by where you're seated in the net. There's been plenty of instances where teams have made the tournament. I think Rutgers a few years ago made the tournament and they were almost pushing 80 in the net. So the selection committee does take into account beyond analytics like the Purdue like they watch games huge. like that illinois game that was one of the only like high major games on tv so everybody was watching that game i guarantee you almost every member of the selection committee just watched that game or at least saw parts of that game so that those types of things are what's really going to be the difference for nebraska even though their resume compared to others you know might be lacking in some areas the wins that they have and the way that they've played uh, by and large uh, over the course of this season, I think is going to help them, even if the metrics don't necessarily support it. I don't want to get far ahead of myself, but Tomanaga, just if they make the tournament, just the story he could That'll become be globally. Like I was thinking, I was telling somebody, I think if they played like in Brooklyn or like a major metro city, like how much like Japanese media could potentially be there. Mm-hmm. To see him Absolutely. play, well, they already come to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yep. I mean, <laughs> like how? Give us a vision of that. Like, how many have you seen around this year from Japan? Well, they've been to several games and multiple outlets too. Like the the Japanese, uh, like the Tokyo Times, um, the Sporting News that's based in Japan. They've come to several games. They sit up there in the press box of row with you. Um, no, usually they're working more like camera stuff, and so they're always kind of down courtside shooting clips of of him and whatnot. And a couple guys have asked questions in post game. You know, they're very curious about Casey's NBA prospects, but. I mean, yeah, like that's – here's another thing. I have a – talk about conspiracy theories. I have a thinking that Nebraska has an advantage over some teams just because of the storyline that they are, the fact that okay. they have never won a tournament game. Okay. The fact that the Big I Ten like – the Big Ten is not uh, a 10-bid league. They're only going to have maybe six – five or six teams, maybe seven. If three uh, make the second week. Get in the right. tournament. And so, like, they, I think that they want – a stronger group, a smaller group, as opposed to casting out a wider net and having a bunch of teams lose in the first round. So I think the Big Ten probably would like to see Nebraska take charge and, and clinch Never a thought bit. of that. And then the Tomanaga story. Right. I mean, like, he's one of the most, like, nationally, he's a nationally known player. He's a preseason All-Big Ten guy. People beyond the Big Ten and the Nebraska market know who Casey Tomanaga is. They don't know much else about Nebraska. They know that Fred Hoiberg coaches there and Casey plays for him. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that <laughs> helps. That stuff helps. When it comes to it comparing resumes, if things are even, like, well, Nebraska's got this. This would be great TV. Like, how many Japanese players have ever played in the NCAA tournament, I'd wonder? I mean, I, I don't know if they could even look something up. I, oh, I, you the, don't see it very often. Uh, no. Hachimura from uh, Gonzaga. Yep. He was in there. He was um, excellent. Was he from Japan? Yes. Um, I don't know. It, but, I, I mean, just think about anecdotally, you just don't see but it. But he's no. a star in Japan. So, I mean, like, yeah. you know, talk about a market opening up for networks. Yeah. Nebraska K- has that. Kasei went through that three-game stretch where he was awful. But, man, at, against Illinois with, with Terrence Shannon. Mm-hmm. On him, I, I, one of the best on-ball defenders in the conference, if not the best. Think how upset he was. Yeah, he was. He, and he, uh, Brad Underwood, told the story after the game. He's like, I don't know how he does it. He just doesn't stop running. Talking about Casey, 
Yeah, yeah Underwood also said that he's a he's an exceptional tough shot maker. Mm-hmm. Casey takes some tough shots. Now he had what thirty one against Illinois. Thirty one. Thirty one, and he was a, it was incredible to watch. There were shots. Casey shoots a lot of those shots where you're like, no, 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 no. Yes, nice one. Yeah, you know. Keep him going. Get Rink going. You get CJ going. Oof. All of a sudden, Nebraska's and and Williams darn near impossible to defend. And oh yeah. Williams. Oh yeah. Him too. Yeah, Williams. I mean, they are really. And Rob, I said it from the start. They're going to be really hard to defend. They're they're as hard as I thought they would make their shots. All right. Well, lots to follow. It's going to be a traditional Saturday afternoon game in PBA, Nebraska, Michigan, five thirty p.m. tip. Haymarket's going to be buzzing before this one. Uh, No one covers it better than Robin Washington. (laughs) Literally, yes. Um, Not you, though, Steve Sibble. No, I'll be working with Rob. (laughs) Did you uh, say finally? We've got a great special as well at HuskerOnline.com. Get two months of access for $1 by simply using promo code NU1. That's two months for $1. Promo code NU1. Try us out uh, for Abby Barmore, Steve Sibble, Robin Washett, I'm Sean Callahan, signing off here for another edition of the Husker Online Show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 